Hey, dear saints, you're listening to Preaching Christ Crucified on Double-Edged Sword. Sermons from Pastor Kilgo, preached at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Lawrence, Kansas. We pray that as you hear God's word, you would be strengthened in faith and love and rejoice in the joy of the Lord's promises and kindness. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, you have been called to holiness. You have been called to be set apart from the world and to the service of our Lord, and you have been called to suffering in this life. That's the context of St. Peter's admonition to us. To this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example. Now, just before this, St. Peter writes, For this is a gracious thing, when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if, when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if, when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called. We look at our situation in life and we behold our suffering and our sorrow and our pain, and our anguish, and we cry out to God. And this is good. We should cry out in our misery. We, in fact, did this not all that long ago in the opening psalm in the introit, where we prayed, Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eye is wasted from grief, my soul and my body also, for my life is spent with sorrow and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my iniquity and my bones waste away. We pray to the Lord in the midst of our anguish and we plead for his mercy. This, however, is not the problem that we have with suffering. We know very well that we need to pray in the midst of our suffering. The problem that we have with suffering in our prayers tends to be twofold. First, we think that we ought not suffer. And second, we are tempted to believe that we suffer alone. Now, the psalmist reminds us that it is because of our iniquity, because of our sin, that we must endure suffering. It is because we have sinned against God and neighbor and all creation. It is because we have failed in our love of God and in our love of our neighbor that we are relegated to receiving in our bodies the just punishment for our sins. And it is because Adam and Eve listened to the voice of the ancient serpent instead of God's word that we are cursed to endure suffering in this life. And we pass this on from generation to generation. And so we must stand under our crosses. We must stand under the wages of our sin. St. Paul reminds us that the wages of our sin is death, and we should then remember that every bit of suffering is, in fact, a little death. And so we cry out in distress. But we should remember that it is not only we who cry out in distress. It is also our fellow Christians who cry out with us. Whether they are enduring the same suffering and sorrow or not, For they too are also under the curse, and since they are part of our body and the body of Christ, they weep with those who weep. 
but it is also not just our fellow Christians who cry out in anguish. Christ himself cries out in distress, and indeed, significantly more distressed than we do. Jesus certainly prays the same words that we did at the beginning of the service from Psalm 31, but he also prays, more significantly, Psalm 22. Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus endures the fullness of our sin. He endures the fullness of God's wrath against that sin. He endures the separation of himself from the Father, all because of his great love for us. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Jesus prays in the midst of his dereliction for sins that he did not commit. He cries out in anguish for punishment that he does not deserve. He pleads with a God who is angry with him because he has taken upon himself our only possession, sin. He suffers the separation of himself from the Father. He suffers this forsakenness even though he has been eternally bound to the Father. And so, in addition to bringing about your atonement and your justification and your redemption and your salvation, your Lord Jesus is also placing himself into the midst of your suffering in such a profound way that with him you are never alone. He is therefore certainly the example of your suffering so that you can faithfully endure it, but he is also the epitome and the fulfillment of your suffering so that you have a merciful and faithful high priest, one who is not unable to sympathize with your weakness, but who in every way has been tempted as you have yet without sin. And so we can endure whatever comes our way because he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I shall not fear. What can man do to me? And even more than that, because the Lord is my helper, what can sin, what can suffering, what can Satan, what can even death do to me? They are all conquered by him who is the life and the resurrection. They are all conquered by Jesus, who is your Lord and who is your helper in all distress. For the Lord God helps me. Therefore, I have not been disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up together. Who is my adversary? Let him come near to me. Behold, the Lord God helps me. Who will declare me guilty? And though these words are certainly first and foremost about our Lord Jesus, because we are found in Christ by our baptism and because we are conformed by our sufferings to the image of Christ, they are also about us. So we have this great treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are indeed afflicted in every way, but we are not crushed. We are indeed perplexed, but we are not driven to despair. We are indeed persecuted, but we are not forsaken. We are indeed struck down, but we are not destroyed. We are always carrying in our bodies 
the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. And so we pray, not only in our distress, but in our trust. I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hands. Rescue me from the hand of my enemies and from my persecutors. And in Christ, and particularly in his passion and his death for you, and in your place, that prayer is answered. We are made the Lord's children in the Lord's redemption. We are rescued from our enemies, from sin, death, and devil, in Jesus' death on the blessed tree of life. Therefore, we are strengthened in the midst of our suffering, knowing that though we are deserving of all of it and more, the Lord has not only endured this same suffering more fully and deeply than we can imagine, but he has also rescued us from the eternal punishment which should accompany it. The Lord does not promise to remove our suffering from us, but he does promise this, that he will not abandon us in our suffering. Instead, he will go through it with us and that he will not allow us to suffer eternally, but in Christ, he will provide the way of escape. The psalm we prayed at the beginning of the service concludes in this way, and it is for us our conclusion as well. Love the Lord, all you his saints. The Lord preserves the faithful. Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. In Christ, through his passion, we are strengthened to endure whatever comes our way on account of sin, knowing that it has been conquered by him and that we have been given the eternal victory over both cross and grave. And so we are indeed called to suffering, even as he himself has suffered, but more than that, we are called to holiness and to glory and to eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to Preaching Christ Crucified on Double-Edged Sword, sermons by Pastor Kilgo at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Lawrence, Kansas. We'd like to invite you to join us for church, Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We also have Bible study at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings and at other times throughout the week. Please visit our website at redeemer-lawrence.org for more information. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.